Hey guys, and thanks for stopping by the Unmother and Unbother podcast. Unpopular opinions on mother-daughter relationships for the woman looking to go from unmothered to unbothered. I am Precious Detina, childhood trauma survivor and generational curse breaker that decided to release the anger and resentment I had towards my mother through forgiveness so that I could heal old wounds and live a thriving life. I am here to stand in the gap and affirm the feelings of women that feel alone and are made to feel guilty when discussing toxic mother-daughter relationships. As your host, I share stories and actionable steps to help you go from trauma to triumph. This is the Unmother and Unbothered Podcast. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode You are about to listen to an interview that I did with an anonymous young lady. We will call her Tanisha. Tanisha is going to discuss with us the damage that was caused by her mom, the emotional and physical abuse that uh, she endured at the hands of her mom growing up. And she's going to speak to us about how that abuse affects her in her friendships and in her romantic relationships as an adult. She has an amazing story. Listening to her story, just again, I say this a lot, but it just really, really confirms that there's a space for what I'm doing. There's a space for my podcast. There's a space for the issues that I discuss because we are out here. I did not... I just did not expect the story to unfold the way it did. I am so excited for you to hear it. We all have different stories. Unmothered women, the the women like myself, our stories are never the same. But we were all damaged in our own way. And it's very important that we get out there and we tell our stories. So I'm excited for you to hear this story. You will, I promise you, At some point during this episode, your mouth will be wide open and you will see that what I've been saying all along about this podcast needing its space, you will see why I say that. You see why I am so brave and bold and I stand up for what I'm talking about. I defend it even when I'm told that, you know, I'm wrong because we don't speak this way about our moms. This is why I do it. What you're about to hear is why I do it. So stay tuned. So ladies, for some reason, I jumped on the eyelash train way too late. I could not get into wearing false eyelashes. And then I tried Blink Beautiful Lashes. These lashes are affordable. They're mink, but they are just so natural looking. They have natural to dramatic lash lengths that will not break your pockets. They also have these beautiful nude and sheer pink lip glosses that guarantee to make them lips the center of attention. If you need lash glue, look no further because they have one that goes on just like an eyeliner. So make sure you follow Blink Beautiful Lashes on Instagram and get free shipping on all products because at Blink Beautiful Lashes, they believe that everyone should blink beautiful. Hey guys, welcome back to the Unmothered Unbothered podcast. This is your host, Precious Detina. 
I have a guest today with me, uh, Ms. Tanisha. She is going to tell us a little bit about how the relationship with her mother has impacted her relationships in her life as an adult romantically and just her friendships. Um, we need to see that. We need to see examples of how childhood traumas can really, really, really follow us if we don't deal with them. And they just really spin off into other areas of our lives. So many times it's not really, really easy to see. And so I'm really excited to have her here with us today. Hi, Tanisha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Thank you for joining me, you and your cat. We appreciate <laughs> it. Um, when we first spoke, you know, you were um, just letting me know that the podcast was something that, you know, was happy, was, was a, that it was available, that it was out there. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you first started to listen to A Mother That Unbothered. Um, I first started listening to the podcast maybe about, <clears throat> excuse me, about a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, I started searching for things to help me um, get through what I was going through with my mom um, to figure out why I was going through what I was going through with my mom. And I just Googled. Um, and searched on Apple Podcasts for podcasts that were related to what I was going through. Um, and then I came up with My Mother Unbothered, and I'm so happy I did. Well, good. Thank you. Do you, do you have an episode that you remember? You might not remember the title, but you may remember um, something that was said during that episode or um, just anything in particular that you can remember. I always ask people if they have something that stands out about the podcast. Okay, so um, so many of them are relatable to me, just about every one of them, especially the ones that um, I hear people interview and talk about their personal experiences with. Mm -hmm. But um, one of them that I can really think of that stood out um, was the one about imposter syndrome. I remember you mentioning something about that and I related so much. And um, I think that um, growing up the way that I did, it just made me a little bit insecure. So at work that carried over and I definitely felt some imposter syndrome, <clears throat> excuse me, more than once um, at work. And it just kind of related to me a lot. I've heard that before. Um, that was one episode that I had another guest. She remembered that. And I think that people who can't necessarily even relate to the entire podcast, they can definitely still relate to imposter syndrome because for any reason, you know, it may not be because they had a toxic mother-daughter relationship or, or mother-son relationship or whatever. It could just be for any reason. We all feel inadequate at times and um, some of us more often than others. So I appreciate you um, letting the listeners know that we have that episode out there and many more because I have been recording like crazy since I've been on hiatus. So if you are listening and this is the first time that you're listening, you need to check it out, go in the backlog and catch yourself up. So listen, you did talk about briefly, you touched on, you know, the way that you were raised made you feel a little bit insecure. So let's go into um just paint us a picture of your childhood and the relationship that you had you know with your mom and and anything that you've experienced that you can can really tell us that you know stuck to you 
and really, really um, made you into the woman that you are today? Yes, most definitely. I do feel like um, a lot about my childhood has made me feel presently insecure. Um, I grew up the oldest of five, um, basically. I grew up living with my grandma and my two cousins um, and my brother, my two brothers live with my mom. I moved in with my mom around 11 to 12 years old. And then a year later, my grandma died and my cousins moved in with us. So I became the oldest of five children. I started working when I was like 14, 15, something like that. And um, my mom was not working for a 10 year span. Um, so that kind of was hard. Um, I just noticed that we just never had a, a connection. Um, I recall like my earliest incident um, being like five years old and she was beating me with a broom for something that I didn't even do. Um, then like around eight, I recall her, um, me trying to tell her something and get her to pay attention to me. And she basically ignored me. And when I started crying, she basically was mocking me in front of her kids and excuse me, in front of her friends and calling me crazy and saying that I was nuts. And um, one of her friends consoled me, but the rest of them were laughing. And that just showed me like the, the um, disadvantage that we have um, in our community, um, just that people don't realize the effect that incidents like that can have on a child and the way you grow up and the way you feel about yourself. Um, I remember around 12, um, she was repeatedly punching me in the face because I didn't hear her calling me while I was sitting on the porch with one of, her, one of her friends who did not hear her either, but because she was calling me and I supposedly did not hear her, she just would not let up. Um, I just remember her always discouraging me from going to college, telling me she would never help me with college applications, only the FAFSA so she can get a cut. Um, she would always just tell me things like, I'm not anything, so you'll never be anything. People like us don't go to college. You'll never be a doctor or a nurse or whatever. Um, when people would compliment me, she would tell me that I wasn't all that. I wasn't all that cute and stuff. Um, and then at the same time, she was overly like preoccupied with my looks and how I look to the outside world like keeping up appearances, she would always make me dress with heels like every day for school and then bash me if I wore flats or sneakers or something that she didn't want me to wear. Um, I remember um, in my late teens, that's when it got really bad. Um, again, I was the only one in the household working for like a 10 year span. So um, she wanted to claim me to claim my brothers and her on my taxes and me having common sense. I knew that wasn't right. Um, so I told her no. And that resulted in me getting beat really bad, um, with VCRs, with, um, DVD players, with different appliances around the house. I had big patches pulled out of my hair, black eye, bloody nose. Um, and I ended up eventually 
uh, claiming them on my taxes because I didn't have any choice. Every time I would walk into the house, I would get assaulted. So I eventually did claim them on my taxes and um, I ended up getting audited and went through a bunch of trouble and issues, had to pay all the money back. And um, it was just rough. I, I, just these instances um, like this happened all the time. Um, I recall like around 21, 20, something like that when I got my first boyfriend, she would always call me a whore every time I walked through the living room or the kitchen. Um, and my boyfriend was well off. So she always had this fascination with trying to get money from me. Um, so she would try to make me take back purses and shoes that he would buy for me so that I would give her the money. I was already giving her a few hundred dollars every week to help with bills and to help with my brothers. And, um, but that was never enough. Um, she would always try to make me give her money for hair and nails um, and to give her liquor and gas money to hang out with her boyfriend. Um, and most times it, it, she ignored me and unless she wanted something from me. And um, it didn't seem like that from the outside looking in, but I was going through hell. Um, most times she tried to make me go to the clubs with her. Um, and I didn't want to, but if I didn't go to the club with her, um, which was really awkward for a mom and daughter to go to the club together, in my opinion, especially being all that we were going through behind closed doors. But um, if I didn't agree to go, it would, she would just make my life a living hell. And all of these instances just made me feel like I was never good enough because I was always giving her whatever she wanted. And I was always getting hit. I was always getting called names. I had, um, I was always on an honor roll in school trying to make her happy. I was doing all these things, but nothing just ever seemed good enough for her. Wow. So you have such an amazing story because <clears throat> this is what everything that you were saying the whole time you were saying it is the reason why I do this podcast. So if you're listening to this and you wonder why, you know, I have this podcast and I say this Tanisha because I've been asked this because I've been told that my podcast is disrespectful. I've been told that my podcast is playing into why, you know, um, America doesn't like black mothers and you know, the system is set up against them. But this is why, this is why everything that you went through, first of all, I just am happy that you have come out of that with, you may not feel like it, but you have some sense of that was wrong and I want to undo that damage. I want to heal from it and I don't want to carry it forward because what you just described, a lot of people can resonate with, a lot of people cannot. The ones that cannot will not understand how we can tell our truths about our mothers because people look at it as um you know you shouldn't tell you shouldn't tell that you know that's still your mom and you know you're only gonna get one mama listen to the story that we just heard listeners listen to the things that a lot of kids go through growing up and it's all coming from the mother 
all of it. Um, is it something that um, probably is a result of some things in her life? Possibly people, but it doesn't excuse the fact that this was done. So I just want to thank you for being so transparent because people needed to hear that. Uh, you said so much, but I really wanted to go back to uh, when your mom berated you in front of her friends and only one friend consoled you. That is a problem to me, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, if it were me and I was one of those friends, it wouldn't have happened. Period. <laughs> me and your mama probably would have been fighting because I have never, ever, ever thought that how I was treated or, you know, you, how you were treated or anybody else treated. I've never thought even from an early age that it was right. I knew something was wrong with it. So, so the reason that those adults didn't say anything, like, I can't even understand. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, it, it's, it probably, like you said, goes back to, oh, that's, that's her mama, you know, oh, she, that's yeah. just, you know, some people just raise their kids like that. And no, 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 that's dysfunctional and toxic. It's, it's, it's not right. So I completely understand how um, your childhood has just really, really impacted you as an adult. No wonder you feel like you're, you, you, have, you struggle with inadequacies and feeling as if you're not enough and feeling like on the workplace or in your relationships um, that you're inadequate. No wonder because you were constantly berated and told that you know you were not attractive and um, you weren't going to be anything. I mean, to fight through that and to have your own life now is amazing. So I know that you know that there's things you're still working on, but you've come a long way. You should be very proud of yourself for that. I appreciate um, it. Absolutely, like very much so. What, what I find um, strange is that uh, your mom made it her business to kind of just put you down, but always wanted you to look great to the outside world and do you think that that was because she wanted people to think that um everything in the house was was going well as a reflection on her or i mean what was her fascination with you wearing heels and things to school did you ever figure that out i never did and um i I know um, as I was doing my search when I found around the time when I found your podcast, when I was looking up everything on Google about these different aspects of my mom's relationship with me. Um, one of the things that I noticed about narcissism is that they are very preoccupied with how appearances are to the outside world. And that's the only thing that I can think of because so many of the traits I'm not a doctor or anything like that, so I cannot diagnose anybody, but I do know that most, all the, all of the traits that I, I have discovered about narcissism um, align with who she was and how she acted and treated me. How, how did the other um, children in the household play into this? I mean, did, did any of them get involved? Did they help you? Did they stay out of it did anyone else receive any um like abuse from her um well my brothers did not um my brothers well she okay so she basically told us all that she she didn't really want any of us um and yes that's bad but they didn't get like the constant abuse and derogatory treatment like on a regular basis um 
but my some my two cousins did um sometimes but um they didn't really help they they kind of were like on her side kind of sometimes um but i don't blame them for it you know because we as children we all want to be loved so um by our parents so they were just doing and agreeing with her i'm sure to get some affection that she probably wasn't giving them as well um, I, I can only really speak from my story, but from what I saw, I did not really see that as much with them. Um, I do recall recently speaking with one of my cousins um, and the incident that I was talking about where she was beating me about not um, claiming them on taxes. Uh, I kind of um, denied that that ever happened because every time I would bring it up with my mom, she would just act like I was crazy and like this never really happened. So I'm like, okay, in my mind, I'm like, okay, so maybe that wasn't really that bad. Maybe I'm kind of exaggerating, you know, how people gaslight you and make you feel like your reality isn't really your truth. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was speaking with my cousin and we were talking about things from my childhood. And then she randomly just brought up, hey, remember when auntie beat you to a pulp? And I'm like, okay, so this this really did happen. And um, it, it, it just kind of made me like emotional because it, it made me realize that this, it's not only me who saw that, somebody else with, witnessed that. She was the only one home at the time uh, other than me and my mom. And someone else witnessed that and they, they are able to speak that this indeed did happen. And I'm not nuts and, I, and this, this did happen. And um, it just made me feel uh, validated and like I wasn't nuts. Um, I will say that then after that conversation, I kind of struggled with um, recurring nightmares from that day because it was like, okay, now this is, it was real. It really did happen. And then I, for a while after then, I kind of struggled with, waking up in the middle of the night um, in, in a sweat um, because my mom was coming at me again with something, trying to beat me. And um, yeah. So that that's basically like post-traumatic stress. Like right. that PTSD, you know, you anything that happens is traumatic and um, you just have been so traumatized by it that it is affecting your current state. And it's like, what happens is when you think back on that incident, you know what happened. You remember it was just so horrific. But for mm -hmm. your mom to really act as if she, you know, no, it, it wasn't like that, didn't happen that way, you know, or um, it wasn't bad, or I don't recall. Just like you said, it's just textbook gaslighting, which mm -hmm. makes me so mad. Like it's one of the things that in any relationship, you know, regardless of who it is, because do not, don't play on my intelligence. Mm -hmm. It bothers me. Um, because you were there, you were there. It didn't happen to somebody else and you were just looking and maybe you, you know, missed something, but it happened to you. So I'm glad that your cousin was able to validate you because I know that even though you know it happened and you were there, gaslighters are very good at manipulating. So you know, it would make you like, well, okay, maybe, you know, wasn't too bad. But the, the point of the matter is it should have been no 
um, physical abuse period, whether it was small or whether it was as bad as it was that day about the taxes, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's not, you're not supposed to physically abuse your kids. It's a very thin line between like spanking and, you know, beating the hell out of your kids. So I'm really glad that your cousin was able to help validate that. Um, and you, I'm sure you weren't thinking about how it would have felt, you know, because you said she brought it up out of nowhere. You didn't even expect it. So you mm -hmm. were, then had, you had to deal with a flood of just different emotions and different feelings, you know, um, mm -hmm. what happens, I'll take this time to kind of explain something I've been just reading about. Um, what happens with us when trauma, because you, you were talking about having nightmares after that conversation with her. So what happens when we experience trauma? Um, what should happen is, you know, when something happens to us, we're going to react uh, emotionally. You know, we're going to feel some type of way. We're going to, you know, recognize that something happened that's wrong. We, we are angry. We're sad. We're hurt, whatever it is. And then the, the healthy way, the way that we should react is we should realize that, you know, this happened to me, but this wasn't my fault. Um, you know, for whatever reason, this person or these people did this, I didn't ask for it. It wasn't supposed to happen to me. So I'm not going to take ownership of that. I'm going to leave this right here and I'm not going to carry this with me. But what we do because we're kids, we don't know, we have not ever been taught how to process trauma. We haven't been taught how to process even feelings, anger, and you know, those different things. I have a really good episode about that coming up. We weren't taught that it's okay to feel, you know, you always hear things like, oh no, don't, mm -mm, don't, don't, don't feel bad, girl. Don't feel bad, but it's something we say, but really we have to get out of that because it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to experience that anger and that hurt and that disappointment, it's okay. So what happens is when we experience trauma, we immediately react, whether it's, you know, again, anger or hurt or sadness, but we don't deal with it. We push it down, we try to forget it, we ignore it, but it doesn't go anywhere. You know, as much as we like to say, you know, um, I'm fine. You know, I don't even think about that. I'm fine. I do it all the time. So I'm fine. You know, I'm good. As much as we say that and do that, it doesn't go anywhere. And so it is going to show up in your life involuntarily or voluntarily, whether you want to do the work to work on these traumas, guys, or not, it's going to show itself in other areas of your life. And that's what happened with you, with um, the nightmares that you had afterwards. It's like, okay, that trauma is coming back again. It's, a, it's coming in a different way because you know now it's nightmares and, and you're remembering her coming after you. Um, so that trauma is coming back. You didn't deal with it. So it was always there under the surface, you know? So, um, and, and it also showed itself in your relationships, which is what we'll get into. But I wanna ask you real quick, when you used to, when your mom used to hit you physically, did you ever fight back? Um, I think initially early on, I remember um, the one circumstance when I was around 12, when I was sitting on the porch with her friend. Mm -hmm. And after asking her to stop hitting me and she didn't, I tried to fight back. But eventually people who are abusive can break you if you're not careful. And if you don't, like you said, realize that this is wrong and that you have a right to fight back. So I eventually just took it and I just wouldn't fight back. Um, yeah. Right. Because 
you know, you, you probably, like you said, you wanted to do good. You used to stay on the honor roll and do these things too, because you, you wanted to make sure that you were doing the right thing and she would be proud of it. And so a lot of that plays into it as well with you just not wanting to be a bad kid. Or at this point, you could have been so emotionally beat down that like, okay, this is just my life. Okay. She just, all right, this is what I'm just going to have to deal with. So um, a lot of people that are emotionally and mentally manipulative, though, that is, it's the worst. Those are the worst people because they get into your head, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I talk about that too. I have another, I have an episode about that too. I've been really doing a lot of reading and researching while I've been on break. And that's one thing I talk about too, mental manipulation. So, so let's go into um, how your trauma then showed itself in your relationships, your romantic relationships, your friendships. Um, and you did mention this to me in our pre-interview time that, you know, you, you were able to see it. So give us, tell us about pick, you know, which one you want to talk about first, um, a romantic relationship or like a friendship per se, and just kind of tell us about it and how you realized that the way you moved in those relationships were a direct result of your childhood trauma. Okay, um, I would like to start with my friend, but before I get into that, I do want to add something about the mental and emotional um, manipulation too. Sure. Um, because that is kind of a, affected other relationships as well. I recall um, one of my grandpas noticing something was off, tried to step in and ask me, you know, I would like for you to come live with me. Um, and when I brought this up, I was told that he doesn't really love me. No one really loves me except for my mom. Um, they don't half like you and they always say this, this and that about you. And um, the only person who loves you is me, basically. And that kind of confused my um, perception of love and of acceptance and um, of a normal, healthy relationship. And it did affect my, the, the patterns that I was looking for or were attracted to or were that were attracted to me in um, subsequent relationships with friends. Um, I had, I found myself subconsciously choosing people who were just like her, um, friends who were only there to benefit and just more of takers than even um, friendships. Um, I've had friends, this one friend who um, was a speeder, she was always speeding. Um, so she always racked up tickets. And for the first ticket or one of the tickets she got, she, she racked up a, a $200 bill and asked me if, I, if she could borrow it. Um, and I did give it to her. Um, and she was supposed to pay me back. She never did. But then she got another ticket that was between three to $500 and asked for that too. Um, and it was just never like even a, 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 a conversation about paying that other $200 back first. Um, and she would also, she was also the same friend who always like called me derogatory names and referred to me as the black one. 
Um, I'm a dark-skinned Black woman, so she would always refer to me to other people as, you know, the Black one. And to me, Black is beautiful. I have learned that, you know, but I know that a lot of people have a bad connotation when they refer to someone like that. Um, and just different little things like that that I accepted from her because I was just used to the way that my mom disrespected me and how she didn't value me. Um, I was allowing people to just trump all over me. Uh, I had another friend who asked me for like $6,000 and just noticing these patterns in my life where they already knew what I was going through at home and they wanted to use me the same way. And um, it was just not nice. And I eventually did learn that um, I'm valuable and I'm lovable and I don't deserve the way I'm getting treated, but it did take a lot of time. And um, then I also noticed that with a, a previous boyfriend. Wait, don't um, go, don't go into that yet. Oh, okay. I gotta stop you because I'm so glad I, I I mute myself when you guys are talking, right? So when you were like, you know, I just recently, first of all, when you said I had a friend that asked me for six thousand dollars, I was like six thousand dollars, you know, out mm -hmm. loud, ain't nobody here but me. But I'm like, you know, the boldness of these so-called friends, girl the boldness of it. And when you just, you know, said that I, you, you realized that you are lovable and you're worthy. I was like, that's right, girl, you know, <laughs> all on mute because you are, you know, and that is like, it's so, it's so like to, to, to not touche, but it's cliche. And people are like, I know people hear it. And sometimes we hear it so, so much. And we, we hear it used so much that we don't think about the words when we hear that, like you are enough, you know, you are loved, but that is, that is so important to know. Listen, if you're listening, you're hearing firsthand um, a woman's account of how she was just physically and emotionally and mentally beat down and how it spiraled into her um, having to deal with befriending people in her life that was similar to her mother because it was a comfort zone it was what she knew it was what she thought she deserved at the time and she had to get to a place where she realized that she did not deserve it that she deserves to be the friend that um, people call and check on and the friend that people um definitely want to be around and and to value you for who you are and to make sure that you know that you are enough. You do not realize how, what people go through. And not, I say people, cause I'm just talking right now about um, the listeners that listen to my show, but we all are really impacted by something that happened in our childhood in different ways. This is a real life situation in which um, as a woman, Tanisha has had to build herself up. She has literally had to tell herself, that I don't deserve these types of friends, you know? And it's so sad that there are people in the world that know what you were going through. And instead of helping, they contributed to it. You know, it's just, it's just terrible. But you know what? In a way, those friends knew you had your shit together. They knew mm -hmm. because you, they knew you had the money. Mm -hmm. You were a hard worker. 
you know, whether you had six square, $6,000 or not, but they, they knew you had two or three or five or, you know what I mean? They knew you had that. So it's like, they were never going to compliment you for always working and all how, you know, how did you keep money and you've been working since you were, you know, in your early teens. So girl, that just got me so mad thinking about just people who are just continuing to bash and jump on your, your spirit, you know, when they already know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, you know, you're just an awesome person because you could really be somewhere in life right now doing horribly and you would have an excuse. You would, you, you could use every day. Well, you know, I was raised like this and my mama, you could, cause I say that about myself too. Mm-hmm. I could, I recognize that I push through that. I, I do. And that I am not in a crazy house, you know, um, whether or not I need medication here or there, I don't know. Maybe I do and I don't know it. Or maybe I have st- taken some or maybe I take some now. That's my business to tell. But I know that I'm flourishing in life. And really, I have an excuse if I wanted to use one. And so do you, but you've decided not to be a victim. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm super proud of you for that because people don't realize, man, it, when you're constantly told and, and, and what she did with your grandfather confuse you even more you're like well I thought he looked okay well you know you didn't even think to realize that she wasn't telling you the truth because mm-hmm. your mom isn't your mom isn't supposed to lie you know she's just not so oh that's my little rant honey I'm sorry I had to get that out because I was just upset about that um let me just ask you how how around how old were you when you just really started realizing that like I'm being used by these people or I deserve better well, I just had to cut that particular friend off maybe six months ago. And it was the hardest thing because we grew up since we together since we were like five years old, something like that. And I, I, I love her. I still love her. And I don't have any hard feelings towards her, excuse me, towards her. But I just realized like I, I can't do it. It's, and, and it's hard. I'm, I kind of blame myself sometimes because, but like you said, when you know better, you do better. So um, I let a lot of things slide and there was a lot of red flags that I let slide because I didn't think that I was worthy. And um, I, I was just, I just thought that this was what, this was what love is. Um, I just remember so many as I'm thinking, I, I remember like her telling me things like, um, uh, the only reason people are drawn to me is because of my shape, because my personality sucks. And I have had already confided in her about the, the insecurity that I do have with myself about my personality, because m- most times my, my mom would ignore me. And when I talked, she would tell me, to just shut up because no one wants to listen to my dry conversation. So my friend telling me things like that to just make me feel just like my mom, it was just, it was just hard to take. And then um, I recently realized that because I've been going to therapy for the past two to three years. And I thought I was initially going because um, of another issue. Um, But it turns out that so much of my childhood stuff came up and 
um, was the reason why I was having a hard, such a hard time with what I was going through at that current state. And the therapist is awesome. And he has just been helping me through so many issues and um, getting me to realize my worth and getting me to realize that I don't need to be around people that treat me like that. I don't need to be liked by people who don't necessarily have my best interest at heart. And I was just so used to um, fighting to, for those people to love me because that's what, how my mom, that's the dynamics that my mom and me had. Um, basically fighting for an unavailable love and some a love that would never exist and um in the normal fashion um yeah oh that was okay <laughs> fighting for unavailable love mm-hmm. oh that i i love that i think that that's i think that that would be the title because who girl like any of my friends that are listening to this they can hear it in my voice i know they can hear it in my voice because i'm that friend that like if I was in your life, I would be like, why you listen to her? Don't nobody care about her girl? Like I, I go hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. I go hard because, you know, you being called, that's the black one. And that's, the, I would be, I, 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 no ma'am, that's not, we don't do that. You know, I don't, I don't, that's why I am a teacher. I know that we're supposed to teach and educate and I do, but I am such an advocate of not just kids but people in general i i am an advocate for people i just don't like that um your friend said you know people are attracted to you because of your shape but not your personality when she knows how you feel about your personality that is just that's not a friend there are times that i want to say things to my friends my best friends my good friends and I always, especially with my best friend, I always think about how I say and what I say um, to her. There have been times that she's had to tell me, like, okay, that hurt my feelings, or you, you're too harsh when you say, and I, and I took note of it. Everything I say to her now, I watch what I say and think about it. And there have been times in which there are things I wanted to say, but I know it would hurt her feelings because it is something she discussed with me prior that maybe came from another relationship in her life of significance so maybe like from her mom and maybe I see something that her mom said to her that was hurtful but there have been times that I've seen that in her but I'm not gonna say to her in the same way at all that Mm -hmm. you know what your mom said girl that was right girl because that's hurtful and so I make sure to figure out the best way to kind of say what I need to say so that she's not hurt because that's what a friend does um and so yeah i'm glad that you were able to see her for who she was regardless of how long it took you went through the friendship the amount of time that you were supposed to because i believe that's how life works and you're able to use your experiences and that will help you to help other people it will help you that's why it's important to tell your story people in your own time you tell your story, you release shame. People can't bring up things about your life. This friend can't bring up what happened to try to hurt you. You brought it up yourself in your own time. You are coming to grips with it and it won't bother you. So 
you know, telling your story is important and understanding who you are, going to the therapy, if that's what you need to do, which I think we all do, is so important to really, really work on those wounds, girl. This is so good to me, girl. I could talk all day about this. I love it. Um, thank you. Just again, I'm, I'm gonna say it again, but thank you for being on. Okay. Um, let's go now into you, uh, uh, in your romantic relationships and just kind of how you were impacted. Well, how your relationships were impacted because of your, how you were raised. Okay. So, um, my, my previous boyfriend, uh, my first boyfriend, um, I, I still love him and I don't have any hard feelings towards him. But again, I did realize that I had found somebody like my mom. And I know a lot of times people will say that, you know, you're going to be with someone like your, your mom or your dad. And it just seems so weird. And like, yeah, right. Like, really. But I really feel like that's what happened. Um, some of the things that, um, I recall him saying and doing to me, it was just so hurtful, like in the same way, um, because this is someone that you love and that you give your heart, your soul, your body to. And um, I stayed for 10 years, but I recall him um, saying to me all the time that I was fat, um, things like black isn't beautiful, uh, I'm good for nothing other than my body because I'm uh, educated and I talk black. Um, we were watching TV one day and a commercial was on about how black is beautiful. And he basically was like, that's a lie. They basically just say that to make black people feel included. Um, by the way, he was a, a white guy. So that's, he really had strong opinions about black people. Um, he also convinced me to take English classes to make me speak more proper, um, was trying to convince me to have cosmetic surgery because my body was just not up to par in his eyes. Um, he also told me um, he would never have a baby from someone like me and if I ever got pregnant, he would make me have an abortion. And um, thinking back, I'm like, ooh, girl, you went, you went through a lot. You took a lot. But I thank God so much because now I know so much better. I know what I will not tolerate. I know that um, I'm not going to accept somebody who treats me like this. And I know like I'm worth so much more than what I was putting up with. But it took me to go through that and to, uh, for me to go through all of that and to kind of work through healing through that to really realize that going forward um, that I won't keep repeating this cycle. Um, that's one of the things that I'm working on in therapy is not repeating the cycle. That is, that is like so important to me. Um, and that's why I felt like it was so important to tell my story um, because I don't want to be continue to be drawn to people like my mom and uh, being treated like my, uh, by different people and from different relationships the way my mom treated me. And it kind of just perpetuates itself. I, I want to break that cycle. So good. So good. 
10 years is a long time mm-hmm. to um, be in any relationship. You know what I mean? Whether it's a wonderful, healthy relationship, it's work. So I can't imagine being with someone for 10 years that um, was no good for you, that beat you down just emotionally. I mean, made you question yourself. No wonder you have these uh, bouts of imposter syndrome. You know, you were told that you didn't speak well, that you spoke black. You were told that you needed surgery. You were told that, you know, he wouldn't have a child with you. Your black wasn't beautiful. I mean, that is um, the recipe for low self-esteem. You know, that's the recipe for you are going to do what I think you should do because I have beat you down to a point where you don't think that you're much anyway. You know, it is amazing to me how cruel, mean, malicious, how these, how people can be. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, they have their own set of problems, especially, you know, you speaking about your ex-boyfriend, he has to have his own set of issues to speak to someone the way that he did. He, he sounds very manipulative. Um, and it was definitely mental manip- manipulation. Um, and for him to be in a relationship with you, but tell you that you, that black isn't beautiful, but he was here. He is with this black woman. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. That that just you know it's just it's it's mind control. I mean, it really, really is. And when when your mind goes, people, when your mind goes, you got some work to do. When it gets to your to you know really to into your mind into your psyche, you really have some work to do because that is the hardest um, to undo. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, was this the one that had the money? Yes, he was also um, the person who was in charge of all the finances. So I, for a long time, felt like I couldn't work. Um, And I was a nurse. And uh, I know I can make a decent living. I was an LPN at that time, but uh, LPNs can make a a decent living and make anybody can make their own money and, and be independent. But he had me so convinced that I just would never make it. Um, I I don't know how to pay a bill. I don't know how to do my own taxes. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to grocery shop because he did all of those things. And um, it was just, yeah, he had, he had a lot of money and, and he just, it just made me feel like I could never be independent and on my own. And eventually I realized, um, so I went to school and I got um, two degrees. I got a bachelor's in communication and I got a bachelor's in nursing. Plus I already had my LPN license. And um, so that's what I was doing. And he wanted me to just continue going to school and not work. Um, Even now he still tries to reach out and tells me that I should stop working and we don't even communicate, (laughs) you know, we don't, we're not even together or anything like that, but he'll try to reach out still and, and try to, you know, have that, that same control. But thank God for the, the deliverance and the breakthrough from that, um, because it was, it was rough to come through. Um, but yeah, it was a whirlwind. 
how did you um, get out of that relationship? How long ago did you let that go? And how, how did you get away if you, if you weren't working? You know, how did you get out of it? It was like a year and a half ago. And um, I was, I was actually, you know, I was always working, but um, there was a, there was a long time period where I had stopped working because basically I didn't need to with him. And he told me that I, I didn't, I didn't need to. Um, there was no point you're you probably wouldn't be good at anything and stuff like that. And I believed him. So um, eventually I would say like maybe three, four years before we split, I did get a part-time job where I was only working on weekends because I was in nursing school um, and nursing school is strenuous. So you can't really work a full-time job and, well, you can, but it's really tough. Mm -hmm. So I was only working weekends uh, as an LPN at an assisted living facility. And um, so that's how I kind of gained my momentum. And then when I graduated RN school, that's when I started picking up more hours at my job. And um, I had money saved up and stuff too. So I was, I knew I could, in my mind, logically, I knew I could do it, but also in my mind, I, I just felt like I could never do it, but I could honestly do it for years. Um, but I just didn't believe in myself at all. And you a whole nurse girl. Right. <laughs> you know, for somebody to tell you you're not smart enough or you, you wouldn't be good at it, but you literally have, you know, already going to school and you are an LPN and, and then you go to school, not only a communications degree, LPN, and then you go back to be an RN, you know, and like you said, it's so important. You, if you think about it logically, you could see where you could do it, but mm -hmm. your mind, you know, just mentally, emotionally, you have been manipulated to the point to where you just was like, well, maybe I can't. And so, um, it's just very important that we have to believe in ourselves and you're not taught that you don't know how to do it. You don't know how, but if, if you can logically, like Tanisha said, see it and it's logical, like one plus one equals two, you just got to jump out there. I get a lot of emails about that. Like it's still women that are adults and they live at home and they work, they have their own money. Some of them have kids or a child. Um, but they live at home with their mom and they're scared to leave because they don't even realize it. They won't say to me, they're scared. They'll say, you know, what's your advice about this? My mom does this, 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 this. And I live there with her and it's never like, um, I want to move, you know, what should I do? It's always, what should I do about my mom? And so I'm just like, well, why don't you move? Well, you know, it's expensive, like the excuses come. And then I realized then that they have probably been told that they won't make it. They can't afford it. You know, they don't know how to pay bills. So just like you said, your ex-boyfriend did it. You know, they won't know how to maintain a household. And so then I have to kind of go a different way because they don't realize you just told me that you work full time. You know, if you don't have a kid, that's the easiest way to get out. You don't have to worry about anybody. But that emotional and that, that mental, that mental manipulation, I'm telling you, just it really can it just play a, a real, real major role in how you function. Mm -hmm. I think 
that you've done very well. Um, not even think like, I know you have because you didn't just receive abuse from your mother. You weren't just traumatized by her. You were traumatized by friends. You were traumatized by, you know, your boyfriend. Um, and you are trying to now dig yourself out of that hole. And it's so commendable that you are wanting to get the, the help because you know something happened. There's some damage there. You know, I'm feeling away. Um, I'm still trying to figure this stuff out. And it comes from this person and this person and this person. And I need to get to somebody who can help me. And, you know, you talked about your therapist and, and how he's just great with you. So it's like, you know, you found someone and, and you're willing and committed to the process. So that is so super commendable. I am just really, I'm blown away by your story. You need to write a book one day, girl. You need to write you a memoir. You could do a whole memoir just on them 10 years. Yes, Lord. Just on those 10 years that could be, because that that is a whole different set of women um, mm -hmm. that have experienced that, you know, and in men, you know, whatever whatever kind of relationship you're in, but that right there that I can relate to but there's some listeners is gonna be like oh girl yes girl you know they they gonna they're gonna know about that so uh you could do a whole memoir just on that so okay before we go I just want okay why is he still trying to tell you what to do in your life <laughs> you know I mean the nerve right I, I think that um there's a sort of entitlement that comes with some people and they think that they just um, are required some access. Um, even if you don't give it to them, they feel like they are going to try to take it regardless. Um, but um, what I am learning in therapy as well is um, that these things are wrong, but I'm also learning and then in addition to my worth and stuff like that, I'm, I'm also learning like my power. So I don't have to give him my power. I don't have to give my mom my power. I don't have to give my friend my power. I have my power and I control what I want to do with it. So I don't even give him that satisfaction. I don't give him that energy. I don't, I no longer give my uh, friends, that friend, that energy, which cause she reaches out still as well. Um, and I, I just don't accept that. Um, when I interact with my mom now, um, it's a different dynamic. I'm not fighting to get her to accept me because usually like on the phone, I would be trying to make myself sound more animated or sound more interesting so that she can think that so, so she can not think that I'm boring or think that my personality is dull or that um, I have an uninteresting conversation. I would try to tell her different things that would make her love me and accept me. Um, I would just try to highlight myself, basically sell myself to her. But now I realize that I don't need that from her. I don't need that validation because that validation comes from me. And um, this is something that I've recently learned. And it's always probably going to be a working process and that's okay because again um i think that all these things that i have gone through have have had their purpose and i know now you can't tell me nothing 
Um, nobody, nobody is ever going to have that level of power or control over me. And um, I'm just going to continue to, you know, love myself and treat myself the way I know that I'm supposed to be treated. Um, surround myself with people who I know will see my work. And um, another thing that I require is for someone to, um, sorry, I just dropped, drew a blank. <laughs> That's okay, because I'm over here like, yes, girl, yes, your power, girl. That is, when you, and you think of it, you just stop me, but listen, that is so powerful. You've just been dropping some nuggets today, but you have the power. People can mm -hmm. only treat you the way you let them treat you. Mm -hmm. That is, that is like my students say, that's on period. That's on mm -hmm. period. <laughs> People cannot um, um, mistreat you, abuse you, manipulate you, gaslight you. They cannot do it unless you let them do it. And mm -hmm. if you decide that I know how I'm supposed to be treated and I'm not going to give you that power in my life, then they can't do it. They don't have a choice but to step and fall in line. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, Girl, it is such a great power to have. And I've said this on some episodes before that I don't really know um, where I get that from. I'm thankful that God really instilled that in me. I really am. Um, but one of my friends, she listens to the show. And she actually, she listens to support me because she, she, she just really can't relate to a lot of what I say. But she listens and there are things she can relate to. This particular time she called... Um, to talk to me about the episode that I released with my mom. And I was saying in there that I didn't know where my, 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 my knowing and my ability to know that I was supposed to be treated a certain way. I've always just kind of known it, but I don't know where it came from. And she said, you know, she said, Precious, I think that was maybe a defense mechanism for you. Like you used it to combat um, what you were dealing with. It was just your way of, um, dealing with it and God gave it to me you know I did not learn like you shouldn't talk to me like that because I can mm -hmm. remember telling my cousin like that I didn't like something she did or said to me and I remember crying and my voice was just shaking because it was scary for me to tell her that I didn't like the way that you treated me and I don't deserve it um, and I was scared not because she ever physically hit me she never did but because I knew she was going to try to gaslight me into thinking that she did not do that. Mm -hmm. And I just stood there like, I know you did it. I don't like it. And it's just like that power that you now have, bro, that is going to change your whole life because it's going to roll over to coworkers and everything else. Yes. And yes. it's a beautiful and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm hoping you remember what you require, honey, because I'm I got I've been taking notes. I hope y'all have been taking notes, listeners. This has been so good. Uh just really seeing this growth. And I'm really excited to kind of see where this goes and, and where you end up because you're gonna impact a lot of people. Mm. I appreciate that. Mm. Uh precious, I do remember now what I was going to say. So the two other things that I require now is um accountability and not saying that I'm, I'm gonna need you to say it was my fault, but I'm gonna need you to say, you know, I, I understand that I made you feel this way. So that's what I'm gonna need. And then another thing I'm gonna need is um, someone or people in my life who are empathetic, 
who are able to take themselves out of themselves and put themselves into someone else's shoes because you it's 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 just so important for me to be able to for other people around me to be able to do that because I feel like I'm able to do that so well. I'm not perfect, but I feel like that's a part of the connection that we have with other people is to be able to do that. And you know, I, I felt that when you and you're so right. Um, but I felt that when you were speaking about your friend that you about, you know, six months ago, you had to cut the friendship off and you said, you know, I love her. I still do love her. You know, I could see then that you just have a really big heart that you, um, you try to look at people and give people, you know, the benefit of the doubt in certain situations. Um, you don't give excuses, but like you were saying, you know, I kind of tolerated it and, you know, um, it's not like you were blaming yourself, but you were trying to put yourself in her shoes a little bit, you know, and you just say, I just, I still love her. That is just great. It, it showed me then that you just have such a big heart. I can't say, you know, forgiveness is, is one, one thing I, I struggle with regardless of who it is. So it's, it's really, um, it's harder for me to be able to say, you know, I still love her. It would be harder for me to say that. That's very commendable. You know, I admired that about you because for the things that she did, you could hold on to anger and you could harbor resentment towards her, but you, you just, you don't have that. I can hear it in your voice and you, you know, you said you still love her as a person, as a friend. So that is a wonderful trait to have because you don't want to replace the healing that you're doing, you don't want to replace it with, with just holding on to grudges and resentment. You know, you just don't want to. Mm -hmm. So I love that you require people to be able, and, and people need to be empathetic to you as well um, in your, your relationships because you're a work in progress and you're trying to undo so many years of trauma mm -hmm. that my prayer would be that people come into your life and see you for who you are and see your heart and see that you are a great person regardless uh, of what you've been through in spite of what you've been through and take you exactly for who you are right now and to not try to use you and, and to um, play on any of your insecurities because it's, it's not what you would do it in those relationships. So mm -hmm. that would be my prayer that for you get people to just love you for who you are and love you for, you know, the, the, the characteristics that you have and what you're going to bring to the friendship or the relationship. So I am just, this has been so good. So good to me. I'm just over here like on mute, like, yes, girl, this is girl. Yes. You know, cause I'm, I'm loud anyway. Um, mm -hmm. and you don't have a, your personality ain't dry. I mean, I don't know what, why people feel like everyone is supposed to be the same. Mm-hmm. We're not like I'm a bit much. I talk a lot. I talk on top of people sometimes. Like I have to tell myself to calm down. You know, I'm opinionated, and that rubs people the wrong way sometimes too. You know, so it's like, what do y'all want me to do? You want me to be you? I think that you are who you are. You're not as loud as a precious. Um, you're not as talkative, but you may be very cautious. Maybe you're more cautious in what you're saying and who you talk to because you, you're not trusting of everybody. Everybody, you know, can't be trusted in your life because you've been hurt by people that have been closest to you. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what's coming through, but 
I just, uh, you don't have a dry personality. You have the personality that you're supposed to have. And that's just it. Appreciate so, it. You know, and I ain't going to get myself upset because I'll I be getting upset about stuff and how people get treated. <laughs> I really, really take it personally. But yeah, you're, you're doing wonderful. I'm so happy to have had you on here. Um, we may need to do a part two and so a couple months and see where you have um, grown from because you've already grown so much but you're still working so often how often do you go to therapy like is it like a monthly thing um I try to go regularly every two weeks but my therapist is very flexible with me so if something comes up sometimes I'll go four days a week or um Sometimes I'll go once a week, but yeah. on a regular basis, I will go pretty much every two weeks. Okay, good. And I was just asking because I was just looking at like some people may go, you know, twice a month. It may take a little longer to see progress. But if you say that yours is flexible, that's good because it seems like if you need to go more often, if something else is going on in your life, that you can work through those things right then. So, I'm thinking in, you know, six months from now, no telling where you'll be, but you've really, really um, given the listeners you've uh, something to hold on to, some hope, and I've really, really enjoyed having you. Um, I'm just really validated. I feel validated because my show is needed, and I know it is, but it just feels good to be able to connect with listeners and with people that really, really show everyone the need for the unmother and unbothered podcast um so thank you again for being on um and i look forward to just kind of following your growth and following um everything that you are working towards and i wish you the best of love thank you so much miss precious uh, it's been a pleasure as well um thank god for your show every day thank you so much thank you so much Okay, guys, you've just listened to another episode of Unmother and Unbothered. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did enjoy making it. If you did enjoy it, please leave me a rating and a review in iTunes. Head over to IG and follow me at Unmothered Unbothered Podcast. I also have a Facebook page. Please go like and follow the Unmothered and Unbothered Podcast. And please feel free to join the private Unmothered and Unbothered group within that Facebook page. If you need me for anything else, you can always email me at unmotheredandunbothered at gmail.com.